tonight, I'm really excited about starting a brand new sermon series. If you follow us on Instagram or you were here last week, you heard about it. Uh, and it's called Love, Relationships, and Singleness. We are finally here. This is a series that, uh, and that's a sick graphic, uh, uh, my, my team, it's a sick graphic, my team, put together by, by Sarah Newell and Wesley Wimberly, and it just looks awesome. Yeah, can you give it up for these guys? I just love this kind of stuff. It's sick. Love, relationships, and singleness. Uh, so tonight... We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna dive in. This is gonna be a six week series. It was it was gonna be four, but as we as a team we started unpacking it, uh, we realized we needed a, a few more weeks because there's just there's just something that God is stirring up in this place that we really feel like um, in this season and in a, in young adults' lives, regardless of where you are right now, whether you are single, you're dating, you're engaged, you're young marrieds, because that's what this ministry encompasses. Just so you know. Young adults ministry here at Living Water um, is made up of a group of people between 18 to 29. That's that's our age group. You know, if you're like, if you're like somehow you're like sneaking around 30 or so, and you like you're like, ah, it's okay. We're not gonna like kick you out necessarily yet. Um, but it's an 18 to 29 year old young adult ministry that's made up of a lot of different seasons. It's one of the most difficult ministries to have a healthy one of. Because there's so much variety. There's so many different like windows. Like I was talking to our team today as we were praying and thinking about you guys. And, and I'm like, man, what's so difficult about young adult ministry is like you could have, you know, so many different seasons of life represented in that age bracket of 18 to 29. And, and if you just get specific about one thing, you could be alienating, you know, 80% of them in that moment. And so how do you reach young adults uh, at large with, with all of those different things represented? And we believe God has called us to try and to do it, and, and you're here. And I believe more people are, are going to be here because of what God's doing here and what he's doing through you. So we're going to take a moment for the next six weeks and, and walk through love relationships and singleness. And uh, starting tonight, week one, we're going to really break down the culture of love relationships and singleness that we find in the church some of the healthy parts of it, some of the unhealthy parts of it, and where God is calling us to get healthier in the church culture. Next week, just so you know, we're going to specifically be talking about singleness. And uh, whether you are single in the season or not, you probably know somebody who is, and you have a relationship with them. And I'm, I can't wait for next week. It probably is going to be my favorite week. But we're going to walk through the blessings, the burdens, the difficulties of singleness. And, and then we're going to take some time and talk about, as a single person that is desiring to be in a relationship, some healthy things to be considering as you might want to be getting out of that season of singleness, what that could look like for you. I may not be representing anybody in here. But that's next week. Week number three, we're going to be talking about breakups and rejection. And um, I don't know if you've ever experienced any of that, but it was not talked about a lot. And it's kind of like one of those things like we hurry, like hurry, try to hurry up and like cover and like just move on from. And I think a lot of us actually have some unresolved hurt and wound and, and stuff that God wants to get in and do something healing in. And I think even talking about it and looking to the scriptures will give us an opportunity to, to get healthier in that, in that way. Week number four, we're going to talk about sex. Whoa. Somebody just got, just got really weird and awkward for y'all. We're going to break down the physicality of relationships and when it comes to God's design for our lives with that. Because sex is a gift. 
and in in this three categories when people look at it they, it's either god it's either gross or it's a gift and i believe that god's design for sex is that it's a gift and we're going to talk about that we're also going to talk about healing from sexual pain and brokenness something that we don't talk about a lot in this young adult community but something that is so prevalent and so real and a lot of you feel and have experience and it's and it's not addressed enough for you to go uh, really into a place maybe that God wants to take you. So we're going to talk about sexual healing and redemption as well in week four. Week number five, we're going to have uh, an amazing opportunity to have our lead pastors, John and Fon Kobler, with us. Yeah. If you don't know them, if you don't know pastors John and Fon, uh, they, are, they are incredible. Just wisdom, their heart for people and for the Lord. They are literally why my wife and I are here. God called us here, but that big part of that calling was the opportunity to get, get to serve them. It, it, that was it. That was, that was the whole, like, man, just to get to serve under them, that's why we're here. They're going to get to join us, and it's going to be a Q&R night. So you're going to get to text questions in. We're going to start taking some over the next couple of weeks as well through Instagram and a few other places, but we're going to work to have a, a, an anonymous place for you to ask questions too. So if you don't feel comfortable asking um, some of them, you can ask, and then they're going to try to walk through as many as they can with us together on that night. And then the final week, we will have an extended Q&R time to just follow up with, uh, with questions that we didn't get to because we always have uh, more questions than we have time for. And from what I hear from people after those, those, those kind of nights, they're always like, I wish we had more time to talk about some of the questions, you know, that I got to ask or whatever. And so we're going to have that final week, final week six be a Q&R part two um, with a few more people. That'll be awesome. That's where we're going. This is a great week, uh, a great series to, to obviously be here in person because I think God's got something for you, for us, but it's also a great series to invite some friends to. Um, I, I really believe it is. And so uh, don't don't be shy in uh, in worrying about what people might think about you for extending an invitation like that. You'd be surprised at how God might use that simple ask to get somebody to hear uh, a message that could change their life, um, and that's what I'm believing for. So, you ready for that? A couple quick things about who who I am because I I just think it's important to just have some of these things. If you don't know me, I'm 28. I've been married for just over seven years, seven years and four months to be exact. Um, to my uh, she's just about seven months older than me. I was gonna say to my older wife, but I was trying to remember. Seven months. Okay, it's important because of the next moment I'm gonna get to you after this. Uh, we have three kids. Um, some of you guys, you know, you've been a part of that journey with us for the last couple of years. We've got a four-year-old, two-year-old, and then a brand-new baby girl. Uh, born uh, almost two months ago. I met my wife when I was 13, and she was 14. I was in eighth grade, and she was a freshman. There's there's more to that story. Some of you have heard it. Some of you haven't. Um, but it was at a, a winter camp, and it changed my life forever. Um, we will, the two of us, will share a little bit more of our story in week three with um, the breakups and rejection night. And uh, the, the Lord has taken us on a unique journey um, that I can't wait to kind of unpack a little bit with you on week three, but my wife will be with us there. I was obsessed though, like unhealthily obsessed from a very young age <laughs> with my future wife. I mean, I don't know, I can't, I can't remember the first time I started thinking about it, but it had to be like really young because it was something that was constantly on my mind and my heart. 
And I just like, I mean, to the point where like, I would, you know, friends would, my, or family cousins would come over and play like dress up, like imagination games with like Power Rangers and like whatever. And I'd be like, that's sick. I'm going to go be a husband over here. I'm going to imagine who my future wife is. We're going to have a family. I'm going to be the man of the house. We're going to have kids. I mean, I was always thinking about who is my future wife. When is she? Let's get this thing going. I can't wait to be married. I can't wait to be a husband. I can't wait to be a dad. From a young age, um, I, I, you know, and it's something that I, it's ju- it's funny now, but like it really was a big deal for me, and uh, to the point where the Lord helped me see a lot of it being probably too much of a, a focus and a priority for where I was at in that season. Uh, but I think because of that journey, I have such a passion now for people that are walking through that stuff, through the through the longings of being in a relationship, of being married one day or figuring out what the what the world of singleness looks like. You know, we ha- we glorify a lot of the time in the church, we glorify and magnify marriage sometimes as like the epitome of the goal. It's not. Like scripture does not point us to the to the reality that that getting married one day is the end goal. Well done, good and faithful married servant. No. But we do that. Right? And just how we talk. And a lot of times we we kind of just we don't even include single singleness and single person because we just talk about family and all these things, which is important. And, and it is represented in a lot in a large part of our population and the people that we want to reach. But there is this incredible season and a group of people who are in singleness. And um, and a lot of the time we neglect to address and walk through things with them because we glorify marriage sometimes. Uh, we're going to dive into that more next week. But, um, you know, I just I've, I've been so passionate about helping people uh, get healthier in these areas, you know, whether, whether young married stuff and walking this out as a single man or a single woman. Um, if I could just pick one topic to spend the rest of my life talking on, if it, besides the simple message of the gospel, it would be a stuff around this, this idea, love relationships and singleness. So the series, why, if you will, why are we doing this? What, what, why, do, why, do I, why should I come and listen to what you're going to uh, propose to us for the next couple of weeks and we're going to get into? Um, great question. Thanks for asking. I'm not going to pull a fast one on you. I, I'm going to be real upfront. The why behind every single week of this series is Jesus, period. It's discovering who he is. It's growing closer to him, having encounters with him, being transformed by him, looking more like him, hoping more in him, being more fulfilled in him. It's all about him. I'm not interested in just saying some things that, that, that might be in an attempt to be culturally, culturally relevant to like what churches do around the month of February and they do these cool little relationship series to be cool and relevant, have cool, sick graphics. Uh, or, or even to help you have a better dating life. Like that's not the point. The point is not that you're walking in here being like, ah, my dating life sucks. I can't wait till it's better after this series. <laughs> that's not that's not the why. Because the the honest truth is that all of that stuff will still leave you unsatisfied and unfulfilled at the end of the day. And we will walk through issues. We will talk about some practical principle things that will help us be healthier in, in this world of, of, of love relationships and singleness, of dating, of pursuit, of all of that stuff. We will wrestle with ideas and have conversations about what it looks like, and we're going to look at the biblical principles to help us guiding us through the season of those things. 
and, and we're going to have some fun while we do it. But I really want you to hear me from the onset of this thing. In this life, nothing that this world has to offer compares to Jesus. Nothing. Not a guy, not a girl, not the perfect relationship, not the perfect marriage, not even figuring out how to be the perfect single. Nothing that this world has to offer compares to Jesus, to knowing and loving and walking with Jesus. And so this six weeks is gonna be about reminding you and I over and over and over that your pursuit of him is the most important pursuit of your life. And regardless of the season that you're in or the season that you are walking into next, single, dating, engaged, newly married, and there could be even people in this room represented, I know through that, that age group that maybe have been married and are no longer married. Whatever season that you are in or walking into, your pursuit of Jesus and your relationship with him will determine how healthy you are and how healthy your relationships are, period. Paul sums up this idea really beautifully in his letter to the church in Philippi in chapter three. It'll be up on the screen. I'm gonna read it. He says this in verse seven, but whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as a loss, as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus as my Lord. For his sake, I've suffered the loss of all things and I count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings becoming like him in his death that by any means possible, I may attain, attain the resurrection from the dead. It's all about Jesus. So let's take a look, starting out this series, at love, relationships, and singleness culture at large. Like, just take a quick thing, because I, need to, I, want, I want to acknowledge a couple things just about the, the overall culture that we, we are in currently. There's, there's no way in the, in the span of the next 20 minutes I'm going to cover all of it. You're going to listen and be like, you missed a lot of things. You're right. I, I will, but there's no way. So I apologize ahead of the time for not representing some of the things that you might be processing or being, being in currently. But, but let me remind you, again, even if some of these things aren't with where you are right now, you are in life around people who they could be about. And it's important for you to just remember that this whole thing called life isn't always about you. It's also about the people that God's placed around you to impact. So, so when you're listening, don't just listen through the filter of what is this for me? Also, God, what do you want to do in me that I can be better aware of the things and the people around me? So let's take a look at the culture at large in a moment of just having a conversation here. Because let's be honest, when it comes to love relationships and singleness, uh, things have shifted pretty significantly in the landscape of that world of things in the last decade or two. Now, there's a lot of things that are still the same. There's a lot of the same problems and root issues that have not changed. But as I look at the scope of what love relationships and singleness looks like in culture and society nowadays, and I have conversations with young men and women that are in this season more and more and more, it's becoming evidently clear. Some of you might be experiencing it personally. There's been some shifts in what this world looks like over the last few years. Um, one of those shifts that's impacted a lot is the technology and social media side of things. Uh, as I listen to, I have, I have conversations with, with young guys all the time. We have lunch, we have the coffee, and we're talking about their season of singleness and the cry of their heart to not be single anymore. And they're just like, I don't get it. 
I don't understand. This is not what it was when, even when I was in high school. I mean, I mean, some of the questions that they're, they're walking through, they're processing, and I hear this through, through young ladies as well, young women, you, you as well that are in this room. It, it's, just, it's just different than the way I listened about how my mom and dad pursued each other or how, you know, my aunt and uncle or my grandma and grandma, it's just different. There's a lot of complicators now that maybe they didn't experience the same way 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years ago that are creating uh, just a, a whole other vortex of options and complications potentially for you to encounter when it comes to love relationships and singleness. Uh, communication, the access for communication, right? Like you can take those steps back in the decades, like as you go farther and farther back, communication was slower, it was less consistent, it wasn't always an option. Uh, to, to, to be able to translate a message to somebody when you wanted to, when you felt like it, when you were in the heat of a moment or not. There was time for some emotions to settle down before you fired back a passive-aggressive K, period. I mean, there's so much, like, there's been, over the course of generations, communications process is expedited. So now... In the world of love relationships and singleness, the, the communication pipelines have, have drastically, drastically changed. You can text, you can, you can find 12 ways to get a hold of somebody in a matter of 30 seconds. Like before, you had one way and it could have took 30 days. So there's this whole new world of communication that has potentially complicated some things. I think about options. Back in, we're going to talk about this a little bit more next week with singleness. But back in the day, you had who you were around to pick from. You know, like your context and environment and group and town or city or school or, or vocational area like, or, or friend of a family member or whatever that they knew of. Not family member of a family member. That's weird. Friend, friend of a family member. I guess in some, that could have been whatever. Not here, not now. But, but back maybe in a few generations ago, it, it wasn't like you could pull your phone open and have 12 hundred people on your Instagram that you were constantly seeing everything going on in their life and thinking to yourself, could I be with them? Could they be with me? Oh my, what are they attractive? What are they doing? They look good. They're doing something with their life. That could be, I mean, we have this world of options that is far outside of our environment available to all of us in a different, or, or the, we think it's available to all of us in a way that can create a, a fantasy land and a false sense of reality that can take us in this vortex of like, how do I choose? How do I know if they're the one or not when there's so many potentially grasses, greener opportunities everywhere else? And then I'm not going to then choose. I'm not going to make a decision because what if it's the wrong one? And what if they're out there and I'm missing it here? And I can't keep there's this. There's nobody for me here because I'm tired. There's this pool is too small. I got to go somewhere else. But 40 years ago, that wasn't even an option. And yet, somehow, some way, people figured that out. And it didn't mean that all those relationships were healthy and lasted. That's not what I'm saying. But, but we, see, we see some shifts. Other things that have shifted, gender roles shifting in our culture compared to the last several years, that's impacted some things, right? Like how, how does a man or a woman pursue or be pursued and what does that look like now? And how, is, how do I be confident in that and secure in that without being assumptive and without like, you know, breaking my, my personal beliefs about something? Like what's too strong? What's not strong enough? I'm, I'm, now I don't know what to do. I won't do anything. I'll just, I'll just wait until my perfect person comes knocking on my door, but doesn't knock too hard because I also want to pursue. I don't want, I don't want it to be, you know, I mean, some things have changed. There's also some things that are the same, right? Bottom line still to this day compared to the last 10, 40, 50, 70 years ago is that people are still longing for relationship, 
right? I mean, for connection, to be seen, to be known, to be loved. For a lot of people, that idea of longing for a relationship is, is what they want more than anything. Like, they would give anything for it. When you, that, that hasn't changed. There have been people hundreds of thousands of years, hundreds and thousands of years down the back in the history that are like, that was still their reality that some of you might experience now. I just am so desperate for a relationship to have somebody see me, know me, and love me. There's still a lot out there in the world of society and culture that's telling us how it should look. That hasn't changed. That's been happening for a long time. How it should sound, how it should feel, and promising us that we will be fulfilled and happy if we experience it like the way we see it being experienced in the culture around us. That's, been, that's something that's the same as it's been for a while. Let me just say this. This is something that I'm going to operate out of the assumption of that if you're here, um, th- not that you will believe this or not, but this is what I believe and this is what I'm standing on for the series. And so if you, if you don't believe this or you don't believe this yet, that's okay. But you need to know what I'm going to be proposing to you with these thoughts is going to come from the foundation of this idea Cody did a, a masterful job last week preaching uh, on the Word of God. And we have it on our, our podcast. I'd encourage you. We're, we're getting our podcast updated as well. But like, if, if you want to listen to a message, the last couple of weeks, Macaulay and Cody, incredible words on holy habits. Um, but he talked about this in the very beginning. I'm going to be making some assertions based on something that if we're not on the same page with, we might have some, some clashing. And, and that's okay. But here's the assumption. Here's the thing that I'm going to stand on for this series. God's design for love and relationships is better. Like, period. Like, he's got a way, he's got a design that is better than whatever anybody else thinks or says, regardless of how compelling or convincing it might seem or feel. I really believe that that's true. I believe that the word of God backs that up and gives us a great clarity there. But that's where I'm, all of what I'm going to say is going to flow out of that idea and if you disagree with that, again, that's okay. I'm so glad that you're here because you're wrestling some things down, but that's going to be something that will be difficult potentially for you as we walk through this next, next five weeks together. So that's society culture at large uh, to some degree, right? We just scratched the surface. Let's take a, let's take a look, and here's where we're going to kind of spend uh, the most of our time tonight, at church culture. Love relationships and singleness, church culture. Um. This is something that I have observed over the last several years of being a young adult in a church culture as an 18 through 21-year-old. I was in a young adult ministry, um, partly in it, and then I also was on staff with it while I was in that age frame. And then I went to Modesto and was a youth pastor for a couple years and was helping start a young adult ministry. So I was in it there, and I got married. So I was trying to figure out being newly married and engaged and married in young adult season of my life. And then I was there for five and a half years, still a part of that world and saw all that church culture. And then I've been here for the last two and a half years and have, you know, to some degree from afar for a a season. But knowing a few of you over the last two and a half years have gotten an up close look at the church culture we've got here about love relationships and singleness. And and what I want to do tonight, I want to just talk about two things that I've seen, not just here, but in church culture at large. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to paint both pictures of what I've seen that's unhealthy, but what I also believe God's calling us to walk in that is, that is healthy in this area. Uh, and the first thing this is this. It's this battle between finding the right one versus becoming the right one. 
people come to young adult ministry literally to find the one. It's a motivator. And that's okay. That's okay. Like if that's, I need to, I need, I was talking to my brother the other day. He is 20, he just turned 20, let's see, 27, okay? Right kind of at that tail end of the young adult season. He's a single guy. Uh, he does not want to be single, wants to be in a relationship, would love to get married one day. He's amazing, by the, by the way. He's amazing. He's awesome. And he's available, okay? Just putting that out there. Well, we were having this conversation, and we talk about this all the time. I just feel like uh, I, I need to probably get in more environments where there are potentially people that I could meet that are in the, the world of what I'm looking for for a marriage one day. Talking about that. We know young adult ministry is one of those places, could be one of those places for people, right? There's, there's, I need to find the person that I'm going to be with. Um, and high school this is a big deal. High school seems to be the sweet spot season where high, you know, a lot of high schoolers is what we see. I felt this way in high school myself. Like I said, I was obsessive. Um, and then I met Holly in eighth grade. So for the next several years, that was a part of my whole journey of like, oh my gosh, <laughs> down her. But high schoolers are convinced they find the one all the time, every day, every day. And I got to acknowledge, I got some, I got some seniors in this room tonight because I'm pumped. We, as of second, second semester of our high school seniors year, we, we invite our seniors to start joining us with young adults. We got a couple of them in the room. And then I'm, I'm a senior guy's life group leader with my high school guys. I got some of my guys in the house. Will you help me just welcome our seniors that are with us tonight? <laughs> high schoolers. We have conversations all the time right here. Let me see here. I found her. Found him. The one going to be it forever and ever and ever. I know it. You can't, you can't tell me otherwise. And if you do, get out. Finding the right one. Listen, let me just get right to it. We need to spend, you need to spend less time trying to find the right one and more time becoming the right one. Listen, I know this is not a new idea, but let me remind you, when it comes to the, the world of relationships, loving and singleness and pursuit, there is a church culture thing that's like, okay, if I just keep showing up, I'm going to eventually find the, the, the man of my dreams that loves God. I'm going to eventually find the woman of my dreams that loves God and is a, 11 out of 10. Like, it's going to happen. I just got to keep looking to find them. And all this time and energy and effort goes to looking to try to find where they are, who they are, when they are. But what, but what I believe we need to be called into as a culture is, is men and women who, who will spend more time and energy in prayer and seeking after God, becoming the right one rather than so obsessive with finding the right one. The right kind of person in a relationship is full of the right kind of love the right kind of love is described beautifully and thoroughly in 1 Corinthians 13. It's kind of the love chapter, known as the love chapter. It's read in every marriage, every wedding ceremony known to man, um, in every marriage conference known to man and woman. 1 Corinthians 13 gives us a, some powerful insight into becoming the right person by, by having the right kind of love. Let me just read it. It'll be on the screen. But, but as I read it, what I want you to do is not just listen to it as you've always listened to it. I want you to put yourself in a place where you kind of real quickly are, are auditing where you are, who you are in these categories, right? That as Paul's challenging them to, to see what a real picture of love looks like, that you would go, okay, how am I becoming a man or a woman that is walking in what I'm about to read? Ready? Verse 4 of chapter 13 says, love is patient and kind, does not envy or boast. It's not arrogant 
poof, or rude, hello. It does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable, resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but it rejoices with the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As far as prophecies, they'll pass away. For tongues, they'll cease. As knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I gave up childish ways. Somebody. For now we see a mirror, in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall fully know, even as I've been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide with these three. But the greatest of these is love. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not boast, does not envy. And if I'm just taking a chase audit through those things, how am I becoming in those categories? Man, if you want to know how to become the right person in this season, uh, the right person is being full of the right kind of love. The right kind of love looks like walking those things out in a fresh and a new way. You could be spending some time and energy going, how am I growing in these areas? Rather than just so like, who is she? Is she here? Ah, ah, I don't know. I don't know. I how do, you, how do you become the right person? Get closer to Jesus. Like, grow in your integrity and character. Tell the truth. Next time you have the opportunity to get away with something a little easy that's not going to be that big deal, don't. Call yourself out. Call yourself up. Hey, pause. I know I just said that I, I, I didn't go there. I did. I need to be honest right now. How many moments I've caught myself just in completely insignificant lie moments, did not need to lie, but it felt easier in the moment to say it wasn't going to be a big deal. They'd never know where I'd have to go. Let me pause. I just said, yes, I have been to that restaurant before because I'm a people pleaser and I don't want to make people feel awkward when they're having a conversation with me and they're just rolling. And so like, oh, you've been there before? And I'm like, oh yeah, totally. But I actually haven't. I've never been there. I just lied. I am so sorry. Will you please forgive me? Man, grow in some integrity and character in little things that will grow into big things. Grow a backbone spiritually. When you've got an opportunity to, to be with a group of people who are, are, are potentially saying, doing, thinking, behaving in a way that you know doesn't honor the Lord and it doesn't build you up or the people around you, like grow a backbone spiritually and be like, you know what? I love you, but man, I'm going to say no to that right now. Or you know what? I'm, gonna, I'm not going to go because I know what happens in me when I go and I'm around those group of people. I'm not being judgmental. I'm not trying to say I'm holier than thou. I just know me and I got to be healthy. And in this season, that's not going to be healthy for me. Do you love and serve Jesus? Are you spending time with him daily, reading, studying in his word and praying? I'm telling you, you can be becoming the right person more than looking for the right person, seeking the right person. The ROI, return on investment, on the time and the energy spent becoming the right person versus finding the right person is exponentially greater. The ROI, the return on your investment of time, energy, and effort on you becoming the right person will return a greater dividend in the end in your life and in your relationships than on you going, where is she? Is she here? Should I go to this college group? Should I start going to that college group? Should I stop? I mean, do I need, do I need to move towns? Where are they? Where is he? This is, I just, there's this pool, this, this pond is too small. I've been here for so long. Like, I got I to gotta get out in the fresh water. No, maybe you just need to like spend more time with Jesus and grow in some areas in your own life and let the Lord do something that's out of your control. 
we will be a culture who prioritizes and pursues becoming the right one over finding the right one. My challenge is that you would be considering what that looks like for you in this season. I'm gonna invite, um, I'm gonna invite Alec and the band up. And uh, I mean, I say Alec and the band because, because, because the reason why Kyle and the rest of you that have names, the reason why I said that was because I was considering just having Alec play keys for a hot minute. And then I was like, no, I want the rest of the band. That's why, that's, I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, I got to fly through this one, and I'm passionate about it, so you're going to you're gonna have to catch it fast. It's going to be a fast ball, okay? Um, so the first area was becoming the right one versus finding the right one. We're going we're gonna to be a culture that is more concerned with becoming the right one rather than who, finding the right one, just being obsessed with that. But then the second, the second area of church culture that I've, that I've observed and I think God is calling us to step into something healthier. It's the area that it's, it's pursuit in the dark versus pursuit in the light. Here's what I mean. Sometimes I, this is, and this is just kind of funky. This is just kind of funky church culture stuff. I've observed, not just living water. This is other places as well. But man, there's this weird thing, especially in the young adult community where it's like, um, I don't want to like let anybody know I'm like starting to pursue this person. Because like, I don't know, I don't, I don't know, it's just like this, I, I, I'm going to, we're going to, I'm going to do this on the side for a little bit and figure this out before I'm like kind of public with it. And let me, let me be honest, let me try to explain. I'm not trying to say like, you need to be a person that all of your stuff uh, is in the light of everybody and that everybody should have access to your business. That's not what I'm saying at all. But here's what I'm seeing in church culture. There's like, we're all in this community together. And then there's the, <laughs> sorry, you're tuning. And I was like, what is that? <laughs> You got it? It's real. It's real life. Uh, here's what I see happen. People come to young adult group. Sweet. We're in community. We're worshiping Jesus together. I'm single. I'm doing this thing. And then I, they just disappear. And all of a sudden they're like, oh, yeah, did you hear? They're like, they're hanging out. They're kind of pursuing each other. And they're like, don't come back. And there's like this, we don't want to, we don't want to pursue each other here. We're going to go do this over here. And then uh, you know, we'll come back when things are solidified or like there's this like, I, I don't want anybody and there's reasons why. Some of it's because like youth, uh, young adult church culture just chatters and it, it needs to stop chattering. Like we need to be a place where like men and women can walk in this place as single people, grow friendships, have conversations with somebody of the opposite sex and it does not mean or or define or like be a confident like, oh, 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 you, oh, oh, they're talking, oh, oh. They're gonna get married! Stop! Stop that nonsense! Listen, this has gotta be a place where, where men and women could come, worship their savior together, have some conversations, grow in friendship. Because let me tell you what, first and foremost, you're brothers and sisters in the Lord. And I'm tired of this weird, funky, unhealthy, like church gossipy, like, oh, no, what's happening? Blah, blah, blah. And so everyone's like, you know what? Scrap that. We'll go do our thing by ourselves in the dark because I don't want to deal with the, the drama and the conversations and the assumptions and the blah, 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 blah. And, and listen, so there's two parts. Both people are responsible. You're responsible to be a mature enough adult to say like, you know what? I don't care what people think, but I do want to do this in the light. 
I want to walk in integrity. I want to do this in authentic community. I want Jesus to continue to be the center of this thing. And I know me as a human flesh, my propensity is sin. So I know when I get away from this community, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk in darkness more easily than when I stay in the light with a community of people that are continually pointing me back to Jesus. We know we do that. So part of why we don't we do it out there and then we it's because of that reason i'm not saying that's everybody but i'm tired of there just being this funky culture where we can't have healthy interactions with men and women that doesn't get blown out of proportion or gossiped about or like what's happening have a conversation go to coffee have a have a, have a couple coffees go to a couple lunches do some stuff in groups if you want and need to great get to know each other it doesn't mean it doesn't mean you are committing to something for life but man, let's be a culture that can pursue in the light. Walk in confidence and security. Man, if, if you got an intention and you do wanna like, listen, man, and this is something I gotta challenge you with too. I, I'm, I'm still, I still am on a journey. You'll have, to, you'll have to be patient with me over the next five weeks. I'm still on a personal journey with like where I'm at and how I process the world of like pursuit with men and women and how that like, how that all works out when it comes to like the, the healthy balance of men pursuing women and women pursuing men, I'm still growing, okay? I'm still learning what the healthy, what that can look like in the healthiest way. Um, and so I'm, I don't have that all figured out yet. Why I'm saying that is because like, I, I'm gonna say things at times that might lean like I'm saying like, I'm gonna challenge some men in a way. And by no means, ladies, you need to listen to me. When I challenge men in a way, it's by no means demeaning you and your ability to lead or to be having have authority or to step into the fullness of who God's called you to be. Here's why I will lean into men, because I see a lack of them stepping up to being the men God's called them to be. And it's not about like having them over you. It's about being like, man, it's time to step up because the ladies are, are setting the pace and you are way behind in some of these areas of character and integrity and pursuit and confidence and boldness and walking and who you're called to be. So if I ever say something that leans that way, women in this room, women of God, my sisters, don't ever hear it as a way of me saying like, men are the ultimate pursuers of a woman's heart. No, the father is the ultimate pursuer of your heart, period. No man will ever be able to satisfy or fulfill that the way that the father can. And when that is happening at the way that it should, man, you're gonna be healthy, you're gonna be whole. And you won't need a man to satisfy or fulfill. And in the same way, men, you don't need a woman's acceptance to satisfy and fulfill you. You don't need a lady to say you're enough for you to be enough. You get that from the father and who, we, who he is. And I wanna create a world where our culture can come together, men and women, and we can pursue each other, if that's the season that you're in, in the light. For the rest of us, you might need to start, forgive me please, you might need to start shutting your mouth. When you see something happening around you, just stop making a big deal out of everything. Let people talk and have friendship and spend time together without weird judgment zone, big ordeal, or they can officially date or whatever. What does that mean? Like, stop, shut it down. Create a safe zone for people to begin friendships and potentially pursue more than that without the whole community being in a, up in their business about it. Shut gossip down. If you are gossiping, shut it down. If you hear it, shut it down. Shut drama down. If you're a part of it, shut it down. Shut down comparison. 
Like, stop with this, like, oh, wow, they're doing, ah, ah. like, shut it down. That's the flesh. We got to kill that stuff, the Bible says. Deny it. And we can because the Spirit of God gives us the power to do it through Christ Jesus. So, so be a participator in shutting down the stuff that is speaking death into this community rather than life. Shut down assuming the worst in people. Listen, we're all imperfect. We all got baggage. We all got stuff we're walking through. But man, this community, the faith community, the church community, the church culture of love, relationships, and singleness will never get healthier if people are always assuming the worst in other people. Man, let's operate out of trust first. And I get that, man, there's been a culture at times with leaders and pastors and different things where there's been pressure and expectations and all of that that have created maybe a world where you feel like, I can't, I can't say or do anything because they're gonna be like, are you, are you hanging out one-on-one together without anybody watching? I get it, I get it, it's real. We can pursue in the light. And man, once you get in a relationship or you start that, don't just dip on community. Come on, do that relationship in community. Embrace it, be, be, be a resolute. Like I'm not gonna let people's opinions or chatter, that's complete nonsense anyway, stop me from walking this thing out in community. Because listen, we need your good example for everybody else. And it's, listen, we know you're not perfect. And listen, take that expectation off of you that this relationship has to work out. And if it doesn't, then I'm a broken Christian or I'm not gonna broken. No, you can do relationships and start that process. And if it doesn't work out, it's okay. Guess what? You can even potentially at times still be friends with those people. You know what? Because listen, you're still, you're bound by Christ in a different kind of way. You're brothers and sisters. So you can keep coming back to this community and see them. There might be some process of healing. That's fine. They're all, we're all imperfect and broken in some way, but you can stay connected to the community. Don't just dip out. Don't dip out. Let's pursue in all phases, single, dating, relationships, engaged in the light. Here's how we're wrapping up. Man, I I love this community. And I love the church. Man, and I'm the church gets a bad rap all the time. People are leaving the church all the time. But you know what? People are also coming to the church. Because because I man. It's not just the church that they're experiencing. What they are experiencing, what I believe we are going to continue to experience is more of Jesus. And there are going to be broken pieces. We're going to be messy. There's going to be there's going to be tough conversations at times. We got to have with people, with ourselves, with all of that's going to be a part of it. But man, I, I love the church. I want the church to be the place people can walk out love relationships and singleness the healthiest. It shouldn't be this weird subculture of like, oh, can't do that there. I cannot date there because if it just. Man, I want people from the world on the outside of the walls of the church to be like, there's some really ridiculously healthy stuff going on over there. Like the way that those two people are pursuing each other and walking in single singleness, like there's a joy that's radiating out of them in this season of singleness that like I don't see anywhere else. They're walking out this engagement season with a different kind of confidence and security and peace. And they're connected to that community. I gotta go figure out what's happening over there because it's something that I want that I don't have. Tonight, you need to know wherever you are, whatever season you're in right now or whatever season you might be walking into, God sees you. He sees and he knows the longings of your heart. 
has not forgotten. He has not punted on his plan for your life. Like, oh, I screwed some things up. Oh, get to figure that one out, clean it up later. He's not tripping that the relationship you thought was gonna be the one didn't end up working out. He's not tripping. He's not caught off guard like, oh shoot, that was the only one I had for them. Oh, sucks. He's not tripping. If you're still walking in a single of, a season of singleness and, and you wish you wouldn't, and he's thinking like, man, if it hasn't happened now, it's not gonna happen. God is not tripping. He's still on the throne. He won't be off the throne because he's God and he's good and he loves you and he sees you tonight. You need to hear me, please like look at me for a moment if you can, if you got eye contact with me. I know I won't be able to get everybody, but you can look at this way. God sees you right where you are tonight and he has not forgotten you. Some of you tonight is a reminder that he's your ultimate satisfaction and fulfillment. That it's okay to have the longing to be in a relationship, to be married one day, to have a family, or it's okay to have the longing to be, you know what? Single. Single is maybe, I, I don't feel like I've got the desires to have that. And I, maybe you're maybe you're in that season where you're like, I, I don't have those, those desires like that. And maybe you're feeling weird about yourself, like something's wrong with you. That's not the case. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna present you a, a compelling thought for for, a, for singleness, whether it's life or a season next week in a way that I, I really believe will help you see Jesus more clearly for your own life. So I'm not, again, it's not the end goal to be married, but he wants to remind you tonight that regardless of where you're at, he's your ultimate satisfaction and fulfillment. Some of you tonight, it's a reminder to bring your heart back to the only one who can fully satisfy you and fulfill your every longing. Married folk in here for you too some of you newly married people in here you know you've found out pretty quickly your, your spouse wasn't able to maybe fulfill some of those longings you thought they were going to they're a little more annoying than you might have thought sometimes they smell sometimes a little worse than they did every time you got picked up for the date or you picked up or whatever like you can smell like that I remember the, uh, <laughs> he's the only one that can fill, fulfill your every longing. Some of you tonight need to remember your first love, your first love, that Jesus is your first love, that God is the, is the one that is pursuing your heart and he won't stop. Maybe for you, it's taking a step back and asking the Holy Spirit to illuminate areas that you need to be becoming the man or the woman that God's called you to be rather than just who, where, find. This is the last thing I'll say and then I'm gonna pray. This is for every single one of us, married seven years to however long, how long have you been married? 36 years. And everywhere in between or not married, right? This is for all of us tonight. The best thing you can do in whatever season you're in is pursue Jesus with all of your heart and let him transform you. Single, dating, engaged, married, or wanting to be in any of those categories, the best thing you can do in this season right now is pursue Jesus with all of your heart and let him transform you. So will you stand to your feet tonight? We're gonna wrap up with just singing this chorus, chorus and bridge just one or two times. You know, I know we're right there at the end. I wanna get these guys out of here, but. 
I don't want to leave without giving you a chance to respond to the Lord and what he's speaking to you by just declaring this song that we sang a little bit earlier because it just so speaks to where we are. Now I'm going to pray. Will you close your eyes for a moment, bow your heads. Jesus, thank you for who you are. God, that all of this stuff, it all points us back to the very beginning that you created mankind for a relationship and that it's only in that relationship with you that we are fully satisfied and fully fulfilled and that because of Jesus and what he's done we have the ability to be in that relationship in wholeness thank you God the Holy Spirit speak to us right now in this moment wherever we are we trust you we rely on you we turn our hearts back to you our first love in Jesus name